Paragon Podcast. Today we have Brian, Annie, Jack, and Robbie. Today we wanted to talk about mobile. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, we're, we're really excited. So there's been a lot of commotion in the um, web community lately with um, kind of the, what the differences are between responsive design, like the responsive design camp, and then the, I don't know, I don't even want to say it's been more of a traditional camp, but it's like people that just want to have a mobile site. And what, and so we've been doing a lot of both of those types of projects, and so we thought we'd talk a little bit about our experiences, because we just recently published a pod, or not a podcast, a white paper on, um, on, on this very topic. So... First of all, why don't we talk a little bit about what responsive design is, since that's kind of like the new, I wouldn't say new, but in the last few years it's growing, a growing trend. So does anyone want to kind of take on that? Like, who wants to describe that to our audience? What's responsive design? Sure, I could do that. Um, basically, responsive design is based on a flexible layout. Um, so it's sort of a combination of, of a flexible, fluid layout, which is really kind of the default of the web. If you were to just uh-huh. if you were to just sort of toss some HTML um, online, you would you would see that if you resized your browser window, it would it would just flow naturally. It would it would resize to, to the to its container. Um, you wouldn't see any any scroll bars. Once we impose fixed width, that's when that's when you start to to see those those scroll bars. So basically. Uh, responsive is a combination of that fluid, flexible layout and media queries. So media queries are part of the the new CSS3 spec, which has been around for a couple years. Um, and utilizing media queries, you could actually change aspects of a layout um, based on on the the width of, of the container and based on other things as well. Um, so you've got the flexible fluid layout and then you've got the media queries which you're saying oh when when the container is of a certain width then let's let's reorient let's let's uh, shift this layout a little bit um, and that's that's pretty much it so if you've gone online and and sort of resized your browser window and and if you've seen the layout shift to going from a desktop layout to something that looks like it'd be a little bit more suitable or appropriate for a tablet and then shifting once again um, to something that looks better on a mobile size device, that's probably a responsive, responsive layout. So it's basically a layout that will automatically adapt to whatever screen size you might encounter or might use, right. be it a browser, mobile device, or I don't know, something from the future. Right. All right, well, great. So, yeah, a little bit of a kind of a technical background of what responsive design is. Um, maybe we talk a little bit about some of, what some of the benefits or, um, of responsive design are versus, say, a mobile site. One of the things that's really good about responsive design is it's all one website. You're not creating a separate silo of information that's specific for a mobile experience. Well, when you do that, you're creating two. Um, two silos of information to keep up to date and if everything's not coming from a, a main C, a CMS then it's a little more difficult to keep up to date so right. the responsive design is one website that will just um, adapt itself to whatever uh, screen size it encounters. 
Right. So that, that being like the output, so say if you have a site that generates, you have a content management system like a, a Rails application like we usually build, and you have, you know, your existing, you have a, your, or you're designing your app, and like say your homepage, it might, the same content's gonna be displayed, but you maybe you're hiding some content on a mobile site or something, but, or you have like one source content, um, right? Kind of yeah. along those lines. Okay. Mm -hmm. Any other benefits to using um, a responsive design? Um, well, there's uh, using responsive is sort of a great opportunity to 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 create a, a website that um, that really kind of distills all the information that you might want to to present to your viewers to the users. Um, so it, it kind of goes along with what, what Brian was saying. Um, but you can you can have this contained uh, information, but you could present it in, in a few different ways, um, depending on, on the, the screen size, depending on the real estate. And it sort of gives you a lot of, of flexibility and, and freedom. Okay, so like, that sounds great, but what it, there must be some drawbacks, right? Well, there wouldn't be benefits without drawbacks, would there? Very true. Um, one of the things you have to consider when you're doing a, a responsive design is that um, on the different sizes that you're going to target, be it a mobile phone, so the smallest site, to a tablet size site, to a, like a full-blown desktop site, um, the design of your site is going to change slightly for each of those layouts. So you have to take in consideration how each of those are going to look so you're not basically working with one design you are going to want to think about three different design variations for each page of your site not necessarily for each page but each layout that you have so if you have like a home page layout you have an internal page layout they're, they're going to switch up how they're going to look on these different um, devices and or browser sizes do you feel like that's something that designers should be factoring in anyways nowadays like when, when you're designing a site or if, if because even if you don't um, use responsive design or have a custom mobile site, like it will still render on like an iPhone. It'll load the 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 regular layout that you design as is, but it'll be kind of zoomed out. So, is that, do you feel like that's something you have to be factoring in, or is that? I mean, I think that that responsive is that this movement is really ushering in uh, a different approach to to design entirely. I think that. We're going to see, we're probably going to see a lot more responsive sites within the next couple of years and a lot more sites that probably don't have just one desktop layout and then one tablet layout and then one mobile layout, which, which you know, I think is, is more of what a traditional web designer is used to. They're used to sort of thinking about these different layouts with, with fixed widths. But as I said before, responsive is not based on fixed width. And you could do a more adaptive approach, which is a little different in responsive in that it is, uh, it, it sort of jumps from layout to layout without, without a, a degree of flexibility in between. But what I think you're gonna end up seeing is a lot more truly flexible layouts. So there's go going to be an infinite amount of, of designs, an infinite amount of of um, of presentations that happen, over, you, you know, because we 
we can't really we can't really say what different different devices are going to be <clears throat> with, with the different sizes of different devices are going to be in the future. Right. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually really excited about the idea that that design does need to change, and that I, I think that designers sort of need to be willing to embrace um, a little bit more of the unknown in their designs. It's interesting because I think, I mean, we, we know we're currently talking about mobile stuff, but I think there's also the aspect of, I've seen some responsive sites where you actually, if you have a really large desktop monitor, if you grow it, then the layout changes based on, to take advantage of the fact that you have a, you know, 20 something, a huge yeah. iMac or something. So like those screens, I've exactly. seen some really interesting creative things people do for that. And then um, let's say if you're, you're doing that and you have, like maybe you have, you're, you're displaying your stuff in say some sort of a commercial setting where you have um, some sort of interactive um, presentations, you know, where people can kind of interact and see big computers and stuff and they can kind of play with it. And like, you could be using mobile or responsive uh, um, patterns in that approach too. So you might have- a Yeah, exactly. I mean, as screens get smaller, screens also get bigger. Um, and I think that, that what you're saying also um, it, it also relates to this idea that that responsive or, or mobile in general really shouldn't be that experience shouldn't be punishing the right. user. You know, like this is this is actually an opportunity to to present the user with a really meaningful experience. A, a, you know, from no matter no matter what the screen says, it kind of puts a little bit more of the control, I guess, back into the end user as well to decide right I think in the like well okay you might like you see a lot of sites and like let's say our site I think is we have like a 960 grid or something mm -hmm. and you can make your browser as big as you want it but we're still in, like we're only gonna present the page in the middle of the screen right. at that certain size and that's what we've decided you, you get to look at no matter what but it could there could be reasons for growing and expanding and zooming and so anyways <laughs> I think that a flexible layout was always a best practice from the beginning, but I think people got into the habits of, and companies and um, wanted to control the way their site looks. So a fixed width was was more uh, standard. But I think even from a from years ago, it was always people wanted to embrace like a flexible layout and have things actually grow and shrink with the browser window. Right. So it's kind of going back that direction and you lose a little bit of control as far as layout's concerned and some, I think there's some opportunities for client education on that to let them know that you're not going to get a pixel perfect layout that you're going to see as a Photoshop comp for uh, the site that you're going to end up with. You need to be a little flexible on how things, how the text flows and how like some images might look in different spots of the page. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, once people started designing for the web, it was, or once people had the opportunity to design for the web, it was, I think it was a lot of print designers that started to, to, to design on, on this new platform of the web. And I think that, I mean, that's why, so there, there are still so many lingering print metaphors of pages and, and you know, the different, the, the columns and layouts that we above see. Above the fold. Above the fold. I mean, these are all print, print metaphors that I think are, now potentially on their way out you know as you were saying like at the very beginning of the web it, it 
it was totally different. Like it was, it was flexible, but people weren't really designing quite yet. Once people got the opportunity to start designing, then they sort of brought in the print experience. But now, once again, we're we're sort of moving beyond that, which I think is really exciting. All right. So let's um let's maybe move over a little bit to uh, talking about mobile specific sites. So we've been talking a lot about responsive design, but let's talk about mobile sites and kind of what the pros and cons are there. Because we've you know we've worked on a number of different projects where we've have, we've we've kind of implemented either or based on different kind of kind of working through different decision process. Because it's not we don't it's I think it's what we've kind of determined here is that not every you can't apply the same rules to every project. There's, there's, there's a lot of things to factor in. So let me talk a little bit about what you might be, some of the benefits of say a mobile site. Well, some of the ones well, that we, What is a mobile site? Maybe I should say that first, sorry. Well, as, we, as I was talking about before, a mobile site is um, gonna be a separate from your main website. So you're gonna have your normal website that people will hit in, your, in the browser and then you're gonna have like a M dot, yourcompany.com or yourcompany.com slash mobile. So it's going to be a separate area of the site that's going to be um, that's, that's going to be designed for the smaller screen. Um, so, so something that's targeting, like you're targeting right. the design, like the whole design process is focused on that platform, like the platform, or the, you know, the size of the, the device. So, okay. Right, and you also target at, at that point, you start to target what content is going to be the most valuable to the for the person that's going to be visiting the site on the on the device in question. And so, what we found is we can go back to the kind of almost starting over because if you have a client or a website that has a very extensive desktop site, and it'd be pretty difficult to translate all that stuff over to a mobile experience right away, but what you can do is pick and choose on the most important aspects of that site right. and the most important um, actions that they're gonna take on the site. And you can act, and you can even start with you know a lot more modern techniques. You can start with HTML5, um, HTML5 boilerplate, and you can start implementing stuff with CSS3 and, and give yourself a little bit more freedom to, to not worry about Internet Explorer and, and legacy browsers. Right, so it's kind of like an opportunity to like start over. Like any, we, we recently worked on a project for one of our larger clients and, and I know that that project, you know, if we do like a count of all the number, all the individual pages that show up in the sitemap, we're looking at hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pages, which trying to retrofit into a responsive design probably isn't realistic in any sort of client-driven timeline and budget you know with budget constraints so but anyway maybe we talk a little bit about what you see as some of the benefits of doing a mobile site sure yeah and that in that scenario um you know we can talk all we want about how great responsive design is and i and i agree but um that works for um as you are thinking about what you want on your site and designing the site but going back and trying to make that work for something that exists and there's um, you know, hundreds of pages is just really time intensive. Um, and, and so in that example, we were able to kind of think about the user and, and what kind of their essential, um, what, their, what their main goal is or, or kind of identify some main um, interactions that they might want out of the mobile site and kind of pinpoint those and be able to design for that. And so we were able to kind of streamline the design a bit more and, and make it um, 
easy to use and, and really um, easy to navigate through to kind of guide the user through the, that one process as opposed to trying to make a mobile design work for all of the processes that they would, um, would go through. And so with that, we were able to create the design. And because we were creating a mobile site, we were, we were able to then um, make a prototype for them that was pretty um, easy and quick to do so they could, could immediately see how this, this would work and how it would function. Um, and I know that there's you know, a lot of talk about mobile sites um, versus a responsive design and how um, one's better than the other. And, you know, maybe a, a mobile site is is better overall, but then you know, then you're creating two different sites, and I right. know that there's a lot of controversy out there um, in the design world about which one's better. I um, think um, what was his name? Uh, Jacob Nielsen recently wrote an article, kind of I don't know, kind of ruffled the communities to kind of start. I wouldn't say they're slinging mud at each other, but there's more like there's, feces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. And, I, and you know he's he has a lot of valuable input to contribute you know to the interaction design and you know usability world and so like you know it, it's quite interesting to like see what the stuff that he's kind of found through that process do, do you remember much from that like yeah I feel like what he brought up was um, you know that uh, the mobile site experience could be uh, more streamlined and you're you can it's easier to use and um, you can design it for that experience as opposed to trying to make the desktop version uh, work on a mobile site. Um, but I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of tricky, I know that when I've, I've read a lot of kind of counter arguments there and people are like, because I know that he advocates for like, you know, using less and simpler copy and stuff and people are like, well, why aren't you doing that on your, mm -hmm. you know, on your website from the get go? And I think, I think there's a, I don't want to say that some of the the community is a little on a, a little naive, but I feel like there's a lot of things being missed, like overlooked, and that's, you know, when you have your website, and you know, a lot of copy is yes targeted towards the user, but a lot of it's also targeted towards search engines and, you know, keywords and stuff. You know, you can have really light, easy copy, but if you're not hitting some of those keywords in your copy, then stuff's not going to get pulled up in search results and kind of rank you against your competitors as a business, and that's important. So. Whereas you, you might not be want you might not want your mobile site to be indexed by Google because there's going to be a less simplified copy and it's like then you're just not going to even rank up against these other people. So that's like I feel like there's there's business factors that that I, I I feel like maybe compete a little bit. There's always like those kind of different areas. You've got the the design perspective and then you've got kind of like the business perspective and there's got to be like this kind of give and take and there's like on what the what, how you're pushing. Um, like content to people, but it's it's you have to know that you know a large, you know, decent percent of the traffic you're getting to your site might be search engines just trying to help get other people to your site, and so I know I know that's been an issue for some of our clients. They have SEO experts and experts that they you know have in house that deal with these things. And I don't want to say SEO in like the bad kind of um, snake oil salesman type approach. There's actually valid purpose. You know, people people out there that are actually that understand how to you know optimize their their copy in a way that's not impacting the end user so much, but also still helps the, uh, you know, the Googles of the get, you know, help rank them. So. At, at the same time, I, I think that a lot of the response to that Nielsen post was defensiveness. I think mm -hmm. it was a lot of 
of <clears throat> old school web people who don't I mean it's it, we I think all of us sort of fall into that category in one thing or another it's it's difficult to change and I think that a lot of us are are, are stubborn and sort of are maybe not the earliest adopters of everything and I think this idea that you know I think a lot of a lot of people probably interpreted um, you know I think that that there's an interpretation of that you know you're doing you're doing something wrong um, right. and you know and and it, it I don't know. I mean, I think that that a lot of it is is defensiveness, and I think that um, you know it's that any opportunity to grow and change and sort of reassess is is a good thing. Um, but also, I wanted to talk a little bit about about mobile some more about mobile site and sort of something I consider both um, both a something positive and but potentially a drawback as well is our ability to, to take advantage or to leverage um, mobile frameworks that right. exist. Um, so we took advantage of, of um, jQuery mobile, uh, which was really helpful in that it's, it's a, uh, it's a, not only is it a JavaScript um, framework, a mobile framework, but it's a, a library of, of design patterns, so we were able to implement um, buttons and menus and lists relatively easily. Maybe a little bit easier than if we had had built it on our own. Um, and there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of frameworks slash libraries like that out there. Um, besides jQuery Mobile, there's Kendo UI and and Sensha and other ones like that. Um, so I think it was it was fortunate. I'm. For us, and I, I think I'm, I'm glad that we that we took the opportunity to, to utilize that library. At the same time, though, I, I think it could be considered a drawback in that um, basically what these libraries try to do, I think, is is mimic a native app experience. Um, and the very nature of a native app experience is that it's going to change. I mean, you know, the next the next operating system, the, the patterns are going to look a little bit different, and so eventually, um, eventually what you end up utilizing is going to look a little dated. Um, so That's a good point. It's always, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that they're, you know, it's just sort of a double-edged sword. But I think we even, but I think one of the also one of the benefits of using that is that we were able to kind of draw on that, and then I know that we did like a prototype phase with one of our, that that one big project because you know it was going to be a big, you know we're going to be, you know I think their traffic, their mobile traffic had been increasingly growing like rapidly over the last few years, and I don't remember the I don't think I'm able to share the actual numbers at the moment, um, but. We, they knew they were kind of a little concerned that all of a sudden we'd be switching over and driving traffic to this new site basically um, for for people on a mobile device and that um it was it, I think it was nice for us to be able to put something in their hands early so they can actually play with it on their iPhones and their you know their Android phones and you know touch and interact with it and then we were able to spot things that we thought might look okay with just in a, a static you know fireworks mock-up or something but you know maybe we'll talk a little bit about that a little bit we also did a paper prototype I believe on that project too so yeah it was a it was a because it was a new experience you know we're going from a, a desktop version with tons of interactions and um, and different uh, elements 
on a, on a page to trying to fit it into a small you know, screen. Um, yeah, I started off with a, a wireframe that I thought looked great and um, transferred it into a it paper prototype. <laughs> and then transferred into a paper prototype that looked like I um, you know, was cutting little paper dolls in the corner. Um, but made me quickly realize that what I had envisioned on the, you know, nice looking clean wireframe wouldn't work with my pudgy little fingers um, tapping and um, all the interactions that you have on a mobile device. Um, so when we were able to transfer that over to the, the prototype, even though there was, wasn't a, any visual elements added, we could quickly see um, really what the size we were working with and, and how things would work and um, you know the spacing in between the icons I thought would be perfect were too close together and um, you right. know some of those simple elements that you think about um, looking at it from a on a you know yeah a mock-up is so different from an actual prototype and that was a saving grace because we were able to cut down on a lot of time and a lot of headaches had we gone through with what we just mocked up on a wireframe and put it into development, um, we would have realized that it wouldn't have worked. And since jQuery Mobile had so many great built-in features, it was really easy to have slide down menus and buttons that reacted to, to, to touch and, and different transitions and stuff like that to make it actually look, you know, like it looked like an actual website, an actual mobile site without putting too much effort into it on the front end. Right, and it, like there's just things that like in our, in that one project in particular, there's a lot of things where we, li where we rely on things like on hover and stuff. Um, like we have a lot of pricing information that we have to kind of highlight and people are kind of exploring and looking at different pairing products and dates you can leave on a, on the, one of their tour packages or, um, and so those sort of things you, you can't really mimic. I don't know, you know, responsive, I don't know, I don't know how we would have done that in the same way. We would have we would have had to do a completely different thing, come up with a different solution anyways there. So, so this, I mean, I, before we start, I, I'm, I'm worrying that we're starting to sound like we're too much of big advocates of mobile sites. So maybe you can talk a little bit about some of the, uh, the drawbacks, because there, there must be some. Um, sure, yeah. Uh, let's see. I'll quickly say one of the drawbacks from a user perspective, um, and I think this was one of the responses to the Nielsen article was, um, you know, you you put in front of a user, here's the mobile site, they start to wonder, well, what's so different from this, from the full site? What am I not getting? Um, and in this particular project, we, because of time and, and trying to, um, you know, create an experience that will work for them um, by identifying just one of the processes we could only do um, part of the, the full site and so you know you go to the this mobile site and you see okay here's part of what I could see on a full site where's the rest um, and so that's one of the drawbacks I see is that um, if you can't do the full site and it's a specific mobile site and you have a link to okay go to the full site well what am I missing right. and and how do you determine what it is a user wants to see. How, how, how do I know that's what a user wants to see on a mobile device? Maybe it's not. We hope that it is, but. And, and as Brian said before, maintaining a mobile site separate from a desktop site is, 
is double the work. Yeah, doubling um, your efforts. Doubling your efforts. And ideally there would be there would be a connection so you're not really duplicating that much com- content if you're if you're inputting um, you know posts or whatever in, into a CMS. Ideally that mobile site is utilizing that information as, as smart as possible. Um, but often it is for the most part a separate site and it needs to be maintained separately and could potentially uh, end up being a bit more expensive in, in the long run because of that. I think it's interesting what Annie said about the the full site link. When people see a mobile specific site, sometimes they're always looking for, well, where's the full site link? I need to look, I need to see everything. It's going to be interesting to get to the point where people don't expect that to, like if you have a responsive site, all of your information is going to be represented on that mobile site. And if they come to that mobile site and all of a sudden they're thinking, where I need to go to the full site, you know, they're not going to have any benefit to go to the full site if, if all the information is there. So at some point, hopefully the users will stop relying on that crutch of going back to the full site if, as more and more websites are, are re- responsive and all of the information is represented on that mobile site. Right. <clears throat> well, great. Um, so I think, yeah, there's, there's one of the other drawbacks is, you know, as you were saying, like there's more effort and that could lead to more costs. But at the same time, you know, mobile is, there's kind of like kind of a couple different viewpoints. People are looking at mobile as, yes, it's kind of an extension of the web, but a lot of people are also saying that it's also just a, it's a, new, it's just a new, new environment entirely that has the same technology background, backend, but it's a different is a different experience and we don't really know what's, what's coming next there. So, I mean, I know that when uh, Apple first released the iPhone, they didn't have the concept of apps yet. And it was everything like, we're gonna build mobile sites. Everybody's gonna build mobile specific versions of their sites or however you're gonna do that. And that's how you're gonna build, you know, concept of like apps this is gonna be mobile sites. And now they have apps and people are investing there and building, you know, native apps for Androids and iPhones and, and then people are also building mobile sites. and responsive sites and there's a lot of different things and I, I think the, the thing that I think what we wanted to do is you know as kind of mentioned a little earlier we, we have we just published a white paper on this and I feel like what I, what I think what I'm most concerned about is like there's a lot of businesses out there that don't really know which way they should go in this approach there's a lot of there's a lot of technical reasons benefits and drawbacks to both approaches and like if you are like a small mom and pop shop and you have hired some designer to help you, you know, it's very possible to, you know, work on a new website and maybe responsive might work really well for you because that's just a really kind of one-off project and you don't want to have to maintain a lot for that. And if you have a really big application and there's a lot of reasons why that might not be a good idea to try to tackle it responsibly, you know, from responsive, that sounds like responsive, responsible, responsible. Anyways, I'm getting confused on the words here, but, um, so anyways, you can um, learn more about our white, you can get the white paper for free on our website, and um, it's a PDF you can download, and if you have any questions about you, feel free to, we're, we're always happy to get feedback, and we'll be releasing some more white papers on related topics, and... We've also written about a lot of this stuff on our blog, so right. check that out, uh, blog.planetargon.com. Um, there's also, I, I just found the, the article I was looking for, um, the title of which is Mobile Devices Now Make Up About 20% of U.S. Web Traffic. Um, so I think that's that... That's today, right? And they're expecting that to what? Yeah, of course. So that's today. I mean, imagine, you know, in a year or two years that, that percentage is, is just going to increase exponentially. So I think responsive or mobile site or 
whichever you choose, obviously, it's massively, massively important to pay attention to mobile. Yeah, you can't ignore it. It's and if anything, like I, I don't just argue that if you're starting out and you might be looking at mobile stuff like in the forefront, depending on what kind of business you have. Like if you have a restaurant or people want to go looking for places to go, is that going to be more of your traffic than starting up on a regular website? So right, and even even with the mobile site, it doesn't have to be a jQuery mobile specific thing. It can be you're you're uh, dipping your toe into re the responsive design because that could you could use the mobile site as your as your mobile device responsive size and then grow the site from there so that could be kind of your like your jumping off point and to right. redesigning your whole site well great um i think that's probably it for now um this went a little longer than i think we were hoping to originally but i think a lot of interesting points here and we would love to get some feedback and um, if you have any questions feel free to touch with us but thanks for listening and until next time Bye. 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 See you later. Gator.